Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer one, and great desserts. They even make their bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Largo Road, near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Hello everybody, I'm Brett Wagner and welcome to Pastime. Name the time, win the cash, it's that easy. Guess where we are? Michigan, Milan Dragway, and I got two stacks to give away. That means over two grand. You ready to meet who's going to go for it? Let's do it. Robert, That's right. come out here and show the folks your shirt there real quick. Explain that to the folks at home. It is a four-stroke four, four stroke motor. Suck, squish, bang, and blow. That's right. I just wanted to make sure we know it was before we got into it. Thanks for coming out. Good bro. Paul, how you doing, bud? I'm good. I got you. Thanks for coming out, Paul. And, of course, the man that I've been bumping fists. You know, President Obama stole our fist bump. You know that. We should sue him. But, anyways, uh, Texas Chassis Works, Tyler, Texas. We're having a good time out here. We're, we are. We're winning some money. Winning We're little. keeping it. Exactly. You guys know Paige. She does a hard job bringing up the nutty guys. Now, Paul and Robert, not only are you playing against each other, you're playing against the man. You think you can do it? No, I guarantee it. Let's meet our first driver. Oh, 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 look at this. Look at this. That's nice. You doing there, big man? I'm all right. How you doing? Look at that. Wearing my favorite website right there, yellowbullet.com. <laughs> What's your name? Bill. Tell me about that ride. Sounds beefy, by the way. 64 Plymouth, super stock, Jimmy Belvedere, 410 gear, batter bars, coilover. Is that motor? 572. Okay, Robert, what do you need to know? What transmission do you have in there? 727 automatic. Big Paul. Running the cross ram, two fours. Cross ram, yes, two fours. Ken. How much horsepower is it, mate? 940. Ready to make a pass for us? You bet. Give me a yellow bullet pound. Boom! Oh. Here we go. Last of our $200 passes. Save something. Nah, I don't nah. do that. No. Nope. Just checking. Let's take a look at those times. Everybody's locked in. Ken with a 919. Paul oh. oh, with a oh, 955. Man. And Robert said, wow, a 915. Got him right in the middle there. Yeah. It's close.
I'm broadcasting. Hi, this is Robert Yates, legendary engine builder, car owner. I love listening to nostalgic radio and cars. Welcome, you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio. Be sure to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com. Don't forget to visit our events page. That'll give you a good insight to all the really cool stuff that is going on, which I will be sharing with you here in a few minutes on the show. And, of course, we still have some t-shirts and decals, so uh, be sure to check out our stuff's page. I want some t-shirts and decals. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Cedric, how you doing tonight? Hey, you got any beef jerky or cookies? <laughs> cookies? Yeah, I can have cookies later in the show. That's right. And cake, too. And if you've missed any of our past shows, be sure and check out our podcast, Nostalgic Radio Ed Cars, which is also located on our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com. Hey, you know what? If you were paying attention at the beginning of the show, you heard a guy by the name of Robert on Pastime, a really cool show that used to be on Speed. And then, of course, we had Robert Yates give us a intro. And, of course, I'm your show host, Robert. So that's a trifecta Triple. of Roberts, yeah. three Roberts. Anyway, hey, Cedric, what's new? Same old stuff, just trying to keep everything together here. We've had some pretty cool weather lately. What do you think? The, the weather? Yeah, yeah it's, it's been weird. It's been cold at night and, and hot in the daytime. Yeah, but you know what? This is perfect, perfect drag racing weather. And since tonight's show is all about drag racing, yeah. you know, that's, uh, you know, because you want that cool air. You want to get stuff as much air in that carpetator as you possibly can and mix it with a little bit of fuel and watch it go, come on! And, of course, you want to see the tires light up, and you want to see some guys going down the quarter mile, preferably pretty quick, just like the guys on Pastime. Anyway, let me tell you what's going on. We have a ton, a ton of stuff going on here. I mean, the calendar is so full. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, on my events page, I can't keep up with all this stuff because there's just stuff on top of stuff on top of stuff, you know. But uh, the big event, obviously, is March 7th through the 9th. I'm jumping ahead here a little bit. So March 7th through the 9th at Amelia Island, you always hear me talking about that's one of the things you've got to put on your bucket list because we have obviously the Amelia Island Concourse. You have a number of auctions taking place up there. We have Gooding. We have RM. And now my good friends at Hollywood Car Auctions, that's uh, Mike Flynn guys, are doing the Amelia Island Select. Now that is pretty cool because we're going to have about 125 cars. Now typically at Amelia Island, it's very much like Pebble Beach or yeah, kind of like Scottsdale in a way. You've got some pretty unusual high-end cars. So it's kind of like the creme de la creme. It's not your typical and no disrespect to Meekums or, or any of the other auctions that are out there because they're more of a uh, you know muscle car kind of hot rod, street rod, uh, classic American car type thing. But when you get to Amelia Island, you know, you got a different audience there. you got people from all over the world that will show up there. You have some big name celebrities. You've got famous race car drivers. You just have a, just a really, really cool place where people just descend on because the, the cars that show up there are so eclectic and naturally because of the concourse, you know. And Bill Warner's done an excellent job. 
job of uh, running Amelia Ireland for the last 17, 18, I guess this is the 19th year. He's doing fabulous, and he's got some amazing cards. Every year he has a theme, so if you can make it out there, definitely check out uh, Bill Warner's uh, Amelia Island Concourse. It starts actually on Friday, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, he's got those symposiums that he talked about, you know, where they've got these special guest speakers. They've got these seminars, which uh, people show up, and they just talk about, you know, racing events that took place. And it's predominantly road racing and stuff, but you'll have some drag races that show up there. You know, from a few years back, they had uh, Don Perdome was there. Um, and uh, let's see, who else was there? Uh, my mind just went blank. That's what happens when you get to be my age, you know. But at any rate, uh, it's a pretty cool event. Of course, then we have FOS, Festivals of Speed, will be taking place there. Okay, and that's on Saturday, the 8th, okay? And that starts at 10 o'clock, and that goes all the way through till 4 p.m. And then, of course, Mike's auction, the Amelia Island Select. Now, let me just tell you about a couple of the cool cars that are going to be there. There's going to be one or two drag race cars, but there's going to be a really, really cool one of the very first uh, Watson Roadsters. And and back in the in the, in the car days, you had Miller, and you had uh, Offenhauser, and people like that that made some really cool stuff that used to sit there and run around on those oval tracks. That's before they really kind of went off to uh, road race courses, you know, Indy cars were generally going around and around and around and around, which is cool, you know, which is, you know, kind of neat. But anyway, so they've got that car that's going to be there. And if you go to the website, HollywoodCarAuctions.com, you can see some of the stuff. Well, actually, some of the cars are going to be, they're going to have some Jaguars. They're going to have some uh, Porsches. They're going to have some vintage motorcycles. They're going to have a 30s Bro Superior, very similar to the one that uh, Lawrence of Arabia used to collect. An amazing bike. Actually, there's two of them there. I think there's one that's with and the other one without a sidecar. So for all you motorcycle fans, they're going to have obviously some beautiful, some stunning, some amazing, some outstanding 50s classic cars. And right now, you know, in terms of the market, your classic 50s, I'll say 55 to 59, 60 probably, those American classics, you know, the cars with the fins, you know, the big Chryslers, the big Imperials, the big Cadillacs, the big 57 Chevrolets, you know, those cars, the 57 Ford too, the Thunderbird and the Fairlanes in 57 all had fins, you know, everything had fins back in 1957. It was the year of the fins, kind of a cool year. Uh, But they're going to have some amazing cars there. They're going to have some Packards, they're going to have some vintage Cadillacs, they're going to have uh, just some really cool stuff. And I think there's even going to be an Auburn or two there. But, but anyway, check out the website, HollywoodCarAuctions.com. It's pretty cool. Also, let's see what else we got going on. Also, that same weekend, okay, is the National Mustang Racing Association, the Mustang Nationals. They're going to take place down in Bradenton, okay? As a matter of fact, we have a special guest coming on the show in a little bit, and we will be talking about the National Mustang Racing Association and all the events that they put on the eastern seaboard and the Midwest and their events on the West Coast as well. Uh, also this weekend in Sarasota, we have the Sarasota Exotic Car Fest. That's the 21st through the 23rd. We've got Sephra Hills Winter Fest. That's also this weekend, the 20th through the 23rd. Obviously on Sunday is the big, big roundy round race of all, and that's the Daytona 500. Uh, March 15th, we've got Sebring. We've got on the 28th and the through the 30th of March, we also have the St. Pete, the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. Okay, The National Muscle Car Association Shootout will take place at Bradenton. That's also in March on the 20th through the 23rd. we got the Turkey Rod Run, which is the 28th through the 30th. And I think that's pretty much it. You know, So if I missed anything, be sure and check out the uh, calendar on our website. 
LSUMotorsports.com. Now, we have something probably spinning around in the turntable because we're going to play some... We do? Mil- we do? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Something like- oh, yeah. And don't forget, stick around here. I want everybody to call in a little bit because we're going to have some radio giveaways. We're going to have tickets. You're going to give Just- away... Oh, you're not giving away beef jerky? No, there's no beef jerky tonight. Oh. No, the tickets, possibly some other little goodies for some of the upcoming events, specifically the one that's going to be taking place down in Bradenton in probably two weeks. So, you turn into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't go away. Don't touch that dial. And, uh, hey, this is kind of a cool song. Since we're into the horsepower and the power thingy, you know, there's a little song dedicated to Superman, you know, Kryptonite by Three Doors Down. You are tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We will be right back. My body lying somewhere in Now watch the world flow to the dark side of the moon. But I feel there's nothing I can do.
Hi, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. If you'd like to play golf, Magnolia Valley Golf Club is offering some specials this week. Give them a call up there at 727-847-2342. They have a 9-hole executive course, and they have an 18-hole par 72. And they've got great food on the 19th hole. So call my friend Pete at 727-847-2342. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Okay, we're back, and you are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And we're just talking about some of the stuff that's going to be going on here in the next three, four, five, six weeks. You know, of course, in April, there's another huge show taking place, and that's up at Charlotte Motor Speedway. That is going to be the 50-year anniversary of the Mustang. Now, that should be pretty exciting. In fact, I think I was reading someplace else that over on the West Coast, they're doing a big deal at uh, in Las Vegas. In fact, Shelby is doing one to commemorate the Mustang, too. And actually, if you guys all remember, Carroll Shelby built the Shelby Mustang. That was his first killer little streetcar. Because Shelby was into pretty much the road racing stuff. He didn't do a ton of stuff drag racing, although they built a couple of uh, Dragon Snake Cobras. And uh, those cars were pretty cool, pretty, pretty, pretty fast. You know, those uh, they did big blocks and they did small blocks, you know. And I think there was a total of maybe six small blocks and three or four big blocks. In fact, not too long ago, I think they found one of the big blocks hiding in a warehouse down in uh, South Florida. That goes back a number of years, probably 12, 13, 14 years. Seems like just yesterday, but uh, it was uh, Metal Flake Orange. Uh, I heard the really, really cool story. What was really weird is the car belonged to some people that I knew indirectly. And, of course, that's always amazing, too, is, you know, when you're out there and you're looking for cars and you tell everybody, hey, I'm looking for this, I'm looking for that, you know, and then, uh, you know, you, you suddenly, you, you don't realize the car was almost in your backyard and somebody drags it out of a garage and there you go. You know, you find something that's really, really cool. And don't think that there aren't any really cool cars out there because uh, I'm not sure what the status is, you know, here in Florida, but I can tell you, when I get out west every once in a while and I'm cruising the neighborhoods in Arizona and Phoenix area, or if I'm out there in California, Northern Cal, uh, you know, I hit these little side roads and side streets, and uh, I just always run across something. It's just that it's not always feasible to get them back here, and not always are the cars really great deals. But let me put it to you like this. They're a good deal for an end user, but kind of sometimes not such a great deal for, for the guy in the, mi- in the middle. How are we doing there, Cedric? We're doing fine. We have our guests yeah, in the line? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. Are you working on it? Okay. Well, anyway. I'm busy. So, oh yeah, let me let me. I should. I should. I've I've been. I get emails on this every once in a while. Robert, tell people what you do. Solicit your own business. I mean, you, you do know a lot about cars. Yeah, I do know a lot about cars. But anyway, so hey, if you guys are out there and you're looking for some really cool cars, let's say something 50s, 60s, 70s, foreign, domestic, you know, sports, whatever, uh, give me a call. Or contact me through my website. There's a contact page in there because I do appraisals. I do pre-purchase inspections. I do diminished values. So I locate cars for people. And, of course, I specialize in certain parts. Some of the stuff I do is more or less not your run-of-the-mill stuff that you would find at your speed shop, but more vintage stuff. So anything that's like pre-72. So if you're looking for, you know, some vintage Ford parts, some vintage Chevrolet parts, some Mopar parts, chances are I have a line on it. If you're looking for some foreign stuff, some vintage Porsche, Jaguar, Mercedes, uh, you know, stuff like that, I know where there's a bunch of that stuff because in my travels i'm in and out of garages all the time and of course one of the things that i always have a habit of doing is i walk into somebody's garage and i keep my eyeballs open and i kind of look around you know so it's like i might be looking at the guy sometimes and uh it's not like i'm 
being rude or anything like that. But, you know, you typically when you have a conversation with people, you're supposed to look them in the eyeballs, right? And, you know, kind of keep the conversation going. And no disrespect to anybody, but, you know, if you're in a location and you see a lot of little goodies laying around, you know, you kind of like, uh, you're kind of staring at the guy and you talk to the guy, but at the same time, you're looking all over the place. You're basically rubbernecking, you know? And uh, that's how you find a lot of stuff, you know? And you never know until you ask. You know, a guy might have something sitting there and he says, yeah, you know, I don't have that car anymore and that part's been laying around and, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, are you interested in it? If you are, you know, well, let me know. I'd, I'd be interested in selling it to you. What else do you have in the warehouse? <laughs> nice one. Good move, Cedric. Anyway, I got the thumbs up. I guess we got our guest on the line here. So we do. Yes. No. Maybe. Kind of. Yeah. So yes, we do. We okay. Do. Well, we let's do. go ahead and let's run that little song, and then we'll run a little clip, and then we'll introduce our special guest I'm, for the evening. I'm, work, I'm working on it. I'm You're working so, on it. Okay. I'm all, I'm all, it's, it's been a hectic day, Rob. Has it been a hectic day? Yeah, I can tell you that. I, if I, t- uh, yeah, it's been one of those days. I can tell you. My day started out like that, and uh, but hey, that's just the way it is, you know. And you just kind of make the best of it. But it's it's getting better. Yeah, it's, let's let's hit let's hit the record, and we'll we'll come back. Okay, that'll work. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Star, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. They always tell me count to ten and talk slowly. More. Who tells you that? I don't know. Everybody. My wife tells me that. My mom used to tell me that all the time. You know, quit talking fast because you keep tripping over your tongue. You know, and I have a bad habit of doing it. Anyway, now, the name of this song is what? It's Adrenaline, right? Adrenaline. By a band called... Shinedown. Shinedown. When were they popular? I'm not real familiar with it, but this is kind of requested. I think, I, think they're, I, I think they're new. They're new. I'm pretty sure. All right, well, let's turn I it sh- up. I should know this. Yeah, let's turn it up. This is your genre, right? Yeah, I know. What's wrong with me? Hey, wait a minute. Not to be confused with Nickelback. No, sorry, Rob. This, he probably likes this, too, though. They play this a lot on 98 Rock. Yes. Yeah. It's like Animal from, uh, almost like Animal from Nickelback. Yeah. You know, that's what we could have played tonight. I could have played Nickelback instead of Kryptonite. I didn't even think about it. That's why Rob called. Is that why he called? Yeah, he said we should have played Nickelback. Ah, next time, Rob. Sorry, Rob. Hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio Cars. Jack Roush, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio on Cars. All right, guys. Like I told you before, you never know where I'm going to be next. Right now, it's Saturday night, and I am here live at Bradenton Motorsports, and it's the Snowbird Outlaw Nationals, and they're just getting ready to run some low six-second pro mods to be coming down the track here in a few seconds. 
Hopefully you can hear me, but I'll tell you what, these guys make a lot of noise and they're pretty doggone fast. So I'm going to let I'm going to let the announcer talk for a few minutes and then you guys can gather what he's saying because he's a professional. into the eighth, stays the eighth quick qualified position. He goes 637, and that'll be his 637 on the bump. Mike Ryan is not in the program. Here's a 710. Okay, I told you guys this is going to be fast, so uh, stick around here. we got some more action coming with these ProMide cars. These guys are running pretty fast. Hi, this is John Force, and you're listening, listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. You do it better than me. You do I it. Don't know. <laughs> I, That's always a good promo right there, just in itself. I'm John Force, and uh, you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Thank you, Mr. John Force. <laughs> anyway, that was a little clip there. It was a little thing that we did. Uh, my son and I videotaped or video audio taped that thing at uh, Bradenton Motorsports a number of years ago. And uh, it was, uh, I think it was one of the, one of the uh, street rod or uh, maybe it was the uh, Snowbird nationals of some kind and knights of fire because i know the uh the uh, chattanooga choo-choo and casey jones were there burning up the track i don't know can't remember it was one of the races going on down there at um, british motorsports but anyway it's time to introduce our special guest this gentleman is a member of the board of directors of sema he is the ceo of pro media he is the co-founder of the nmra ford nationals and the nmca i'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening steve wolcott steve are you there no, Robert, I sure am, and thank you guys for having me. It's uh, very exciting. We're getting ready for our 2014 event season, and we're going to kick it off right there at Bradenton Motorsports Park, uh, kicking off the NMRA Ford National Series and the NMCA Muscle Car National Series two weeks later. Well, that's good, and I'm glad you said it right, because I tripped over that one there for uh, <laughs> for a little bit. But anyway, so tell us a little bit how you got involved, and give us a little background on yourself real quick, and then uh, so the listeners kind of know who you are, and then let's go into some of the events that you got going on and some of the cool things that people can expect to see and partake in. Well, I was very fortunate to start my career working for Robert Peterson and Peterson Publishing. A lot of your listeners out there, of course, are very familiar with Hot Rod Magazine, Car Craft, Muscle Mustangs and Fast Fords, uh, Chevy High Performance, all those magazines. I started my career working for Mr. Peterson as an ad salesman. Um, I'm an enthusiast myself, always been into hot rods. Had a, a Mustang that I built into a full-on road race car, and I also had an old 62 Lincoln I restored. And Well, my passion just sort of kept going from there. Got uh, interested in events after attending a race, the very first World Ford Challenge event that was in Bowling Green, Kentucky in 1998, and myself and one of our editors recognized the huge potential in what we kind of call the street legal drag racing movement. These are cars that started out in a dealership and have been heavily modified. I should say mildly modified, too heavily modified. And uh, we went off on our own. We started the National Mustang Racers Association in 1999. And I'll tell you, Robert, it just took off on us. And I attribute a lot of that to the huge popularity of the Ford Mustang platform. It's, it's incredible. There's a lot of great performance parts available from the aftermarket for these vehicles. So it, it, I kind of refer to it as the 55 Chevy of its era. Kind of hard to, you know, it's amazing to say that when you're talking about a Ford Mustang, but it really was. It was affordable. People could easily modify them, and they started racing them. And, a, boy, a whole lot of racing took place in the great state of Florida, and that's where we now kick off our NMRA series. 
And then from there, a few years later, we acquired the National Muscle Car Association and uh, revived it. It was struggling at the time. And really, we specialize in what we call the world's fastest street cars. These really are street-driven cars that uh, can be, like I said, you know, very mildly modified to very heavily modified vehicles. So that's kind of what we do in a nutshell. Let me ask you this. Are you a Ford, Chevy, or Mopar guy? Yes. <laughs> yes, all three, right? Well, I'll tell you, if I was lucky enough to win the lottery and had a big barn, I'd have uh, some great cars from all the different manufacturers. I really would. I'd say first and foremost, I'm a Mustang guy because you never really forget the first car you, you you modified. And I was so so thrilled when I bought my 85 Mustang GT. So a Mustang is very close to my heart. But I will tell you, I mean, we work closely with Chevrolet Performance. I love the new Camaro. I love all the old Mopar stuff. Who doesn't? So I really love it all. But, uh, you know, we specialize. One of our series specializes heavily in Ford Mustangs. That's the NMRA series. And then the NMCA series is Chevy versus Ford versus Mopar. It's all three of the uh, manufacturers mixing it up. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that. You, you referred to the uh, 55 Chevrolet. And um, and growing up in the 60s and 70s, you know, Chevrolet pretty much uh, dominated in drag racing, as much as I hate to say that, but it is true. Because it really didn't take much to make a small-block Chevrolet. In fact, when we had uh, Vic Edelbrock on the show a long time ago, you know, flatheads were the thing back in the 50s. And when they came out with a small-block Chevrolet, that just pretty much uh, put the end to that, you know. So Chevrolet did very, very well, and they had a pretty good design, and it, and it worked well. But it wasn't until the mid 80s when they came out with the Fox Body Mustang, as you well know, because you had one, uh, and the 302s really came on strong, and they pretty much have dominated since the mid 80s uh, the whole drag racing thing. So, you know, Chevrolet does okay, but Ford has really put a serious spanking on them. And, uh, and of course, now, you know, with the revival of the muscle cars, you know, since 2005, they came out with a new Mustang, which is an excellent looking car. And, of course, Chevrolet came out with the Camaro, and Challenger has their car out. So it's kind of cool that these, and really they're not muscle cars, they're pony cars. But, uh, but that's what you see at the tracks a lot, a lot these days, isn't it? No, you sure do. I mean, they, if you look at some of these, these models, like the Mustang, you talk about the Fox Body Mustang. They made that from 1979 through 1994. There were literally millions of those vehicles produced. And, of course, as they got a little bit older, they got more affordable for people to pick up. And then the proliferation of great performance parts available from the aftermarket made it a no-brainer for guys and gals to race those vehicles. And uh, you're, you're absolutely correct. The, you know, the, the small block... Ford engine combination, the 302, you know, the, the famous 5.0, you know, those became so popular. Uh, more recently, there's been a big movement in, in what we call the LS engine platform. Speaking of Chevrolet, the LS engine combinations are spectacular. We have a lot of our competitors on the NMCA side that are starting to build LS-powered GM vehicles. And so it's great. It's like the, it's like the rivalries in the 60s kind of re- resurfacing, and they're back again, and you've got you know, these guys and gals that are big time into Mustangs and Fords taking on these folks that are into the new fifth gen Camaro, they're into the LS engine platform and so it's a neat time right now in domestic drag racing. You're also involved with SEMA. Tell us a little bit about what you do with SEMA since you mentioned the aftermarket. You know, I I've been fortunate. I've attended the SEMA show since nineteen ninety four and a few years ago one of my good friends uh, Ron Funfar with Headman Headers gave me a call out of the blue and said, Steve, I think you need to run for the SEMA Board of Directors. And uh, I'll tell you, up until that time, I hadn't really thought about it. You know, I've been to SEMA, 
many, many times and never thought of myself as being on the SEMA board. But he said, you know, we need a voice from the motorsports segment on the board. We've got a lot of great manufacturers. We've got some great distributors and retailers. We've got some service providers. But we need somebody who comes from a, really a motorsport background. So I ran, and, and I think, uh, you know, I've been fortunate to know so many people in the, in the performance industry because of being a, an event promoter that I was able to get on the board. And uh, we've been doing some neat things over there. You know, it's very important. There's a lot of things happening right now where a lot of our liberties that sometimes we take for granted are in jeopardy. You know, you'll see once in a while, you'll hear, you'll hear about a racetrack closing down. You'll hear about various laws and regulations out there from noise issues to what size tires and wheels you're allowed to put on your vehicles and so forth. So SEMA works hard every day to try to protect our rights as performance enthusiasts to be able to enjoy you know, the street, the street cars and the race cars that we so love. Do you think that um, in the foreseeable future that it's anything that we really need to be overly concerned with as far as do you think regulation could ever get to the point where it could make it almost impossible for us to enjoy the sport? Or is a lobby on our side strong enough to keep to, to kind of perpetuate the, the, the motorsports industry? You know, we're very fortunate. SEMA has resources at its disposal. We have a, an incredible lead attorney, a guy named Russ Dean, who races at the Bonneville Salt Flats every year. He had a big hand in saving the Hammers, which is a major off-road course in California that is famous worldwide, and I'm sure some of your listeners are familiar with that name when I said it. But I will caution everybody. There are a lot of folks out there that just they don't understand what we do. You know, So there are some people out there. My grandfather, perfect example. He was a gentleman who grew up in New England. Why would you bother modifying your car? What was wrong with it when you bought it from the dealer? He couldn't understand why I wanted to put bigger brakes on there and increase the horsepower on my engine, put a roll bar in there and build it into a road race car. There's a lot of folks out there that work for the federal and state governments. They don't really get our industry. And so what we need to do is simply educate them. You know, let them know that what we do is cool, it's fun, it's safe. Um, It's very environmentally friendly when you consider that we're racing in a very contained environment like a drag strip or maybe an off-road course or so so forth. But it's one of those things where, you know, you know how it is. You don't worry about it until suddenly it's threatened. And nowadays, I think we've learned it's better to be proactive than to sit back and wait for things to happen and be reactive. Oh, I absolutely agree with that. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, NMRA. Now, I remember in the good old days, we had a little thing called the Fun Ford Weekend, and that kind of was flowering there for a while. Did you guys kind of pick up on that and then uh, turn it around and then kind of rename it? And this is this is kind of what uh, Fun Ford Weekend kind of evolved into? When we launched the NMRA back in 1999, Fun Ford Weekend was in existence. Okay. And we were, in a sense, competitors, albeit friendly competitors. And then uh, as we got you know, into the challenging years of the recession and all that, Fun Ford unfortunately shuttered, it, shuttered its doors. It's now reopening on a limited basis with some tracks that are kind of reviving more of a bracket program surrounding that old name. Um, but we were very fortunate. The event that is our 20th annual NMRA Spring Break Shootout, that's our season opener at Bradenton Motorsports Park, that was a rid- that was a few, you know, about five, six years ago, a fun four weekend event. And right. So we were able to take that over and add some of the extra ingredients that NMRA brings to the table. You know, we, 
we make this truly a spring break happening. You know, it centers around the drag strip. It's all about the, you know, six-second, 200-plus mile-an-hour street outlaws and renegades and so forth. Um, but, you know, there's other features like a giant car show that we that we have. There's a, a world-famous burnout contest. We open the weekend with a Muscle Mustangs and Fast Forward's open house. That famous late-model Mustang magazine opens its doors to NMRA fans and racers for an open house where you can meet the editors and check out their projects firsthand, the things that you read about in the pages of their magazine. And then the party just gets started and really gets rolling on on Friday where we got a great day at the track, followed up by our world-famous Hooters party in Hooters of Bradenton. And then the competition is on all the rest of the weekend from the Spring Break Shootout class to our 100-plus car True Street class. And then, of course, as I mentioned, those street outlaws and uh, renegades and all them just really get things going. The selection of tracks, how did you come about picking, let's say, like Bradenton, for example, to, to kick off the event for the season? Well, as you can imagine, first of all, you got to look about the weather conditions. So okay. a lot of our friends up in the Northeast, they're going to be looking forward big time next month to coming down and getting a sunburn in uh in the Bradenton, Florida area. So we start out south. And then what we try to do to be a national series is we try to hit the major markets east of the Mississippi River with the NMRA series. And so we'll start out in Florida. As it gets a little warmer, we'll roll into Georgia. Then eventually we'll make our way up towards the Chicago area. We'll wrap up the season in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And there'll be a few other stops along the way, like Ohio and Maryland and so forth. But really what you're looking at, Robert, is you're looking at the, the weather patterns. You know, where is the weather going to, you know, when is the nicest time to be in certain areas? And then, of course, we have to work around a lot of the other schedules. We know our pecking order. You know, we have to look and see what the NHRA is doing. We look and see what NASCAR is doing. We even pay attention to some of the other events, like a Good Guys event or a Street Rod Nationals or some of those shows as well. If, if there's a chance to be not on on top of each other, it's always better if we work together and we keep on separate weekends. Now, that's a good point, and I talk about that occasionally on my show. I always mention the fact that there's just too many events going on on the same weekend, and you and even if you're a car fan, you can't attend them all. But have, having said that, because um, you mentioned other NHRA events, do you ever share the venue with, with let's say, like an NHRA event, or do you just wait till that uh, track is open and you're the only one there and it's your total event? Because generally, aren't your events like three-day weekends? They are, and you know, it's it's the NHRA has so many cars, and, and so do we. Fortunately, that we really couldn't ever combine on a weekend. But what we can do is work together. You know, for example, there are times when the NHRA might be at a venue a month or two before us. Well, I'll tell you, we're out there handing out event flyers and telling all of their fans, "Don't forget, the NMRA or the NMCA is coming to town in a few weeks." And then also, there's other unique opportunities like. At our NMRA season opener right there in Bradenton, um, and that you know for all of you, all your listeners is March seventh through the ninth, uh, so it's a really great time to be there. Um, we promote a special Ford Racing Cobra Jet Showdown where we'll get some of the top Cobra Jet racers. Even Roy Hill, for example, is going to be down there with two cars. I got that confirmed from my contact today at Ford Racing. Well, those, uh, those guys will come down, and they will use our event as a test session for the NHRA Gainesville, Florida event the weekend later. So it's really cool. We give a great opportunity for these Cobra Jet owners to come out. 
really be a big part of the show with the NMRA Ford Nationals. Um, really exciting wheels-up action for our fans. And then once they're done with us, they roll up the road to Gainesville for the NHRA National event. And basically, they have two weeks on the road and really enjoy themselves. The uh, Your events, you also have swap meets there, too, going on, right, as well as the car shows? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got a used part swap meet at every event. And we also have a manufacturer's midway where all of our fans and racers can actually talk to the experts, some of the folks that are either brand managers for some of the large brands that you might know, like the Edelbrocks, Nitto Tires, MSD Ignitions, companies like that. And then there's other specialty shops out there like Blow By Racing and uh, Johnny Lightning Performance, Evolution Performance, where you can talk to the business owner that builds a lot of the vehicles you see on the track and, and find out from them firsthand what they'd recommend for the combination you might want to put together. So it's really cool. There's a lot of neat things to do beyond just the drag racing at any NMRA or NMCA event. Now, speaking of the NMCA event, now that's uh, two weeks later again back in Bradenton. So it's kind of like after uh, Gainesville. And uh, so, does there is there a tie in there? Did it just does it? Because from what I understand, when I when I was looking at your schedule, it looks like you do a lot of events around the country that are kind of back to back, right? You know, we do in certain markets where it makes sense. And, okay. of course, Florida is the place to be, especially this year of all years where the rest of our country has been so cold and facing some very unusual weather circumstances. But, you know, opening up in Florida is the right place to be at that time of the year. There are opportunities, for example, the big rigs that are on display at the NHRA Gainesville event. Many of them, when they set their rig schedules, will look and say, okay, we can – We'll be, we can be at the NMRA event with a display. We, then we go to Gainesville. A week later, we can go back to the NMCA season opener. And that way, they can get face-to-face with their, their fans and their customers mm-hmm. to talk about their products and their synergies about being in the same area at the same time. Well, that's cool. And I would imagine that some of the guys from Gainesville, after their little trip there, because that's kind of like the season opening as well for them, that they might come back and do a little testing and tuning at the uh, NMCA, right? Oh, they definitely will. You know, one of... Our top class is also a class run by NHRA when we're talking about the NMCA series, and that's our pro-modified, our pro-mod class. And uh, a lot of those cars, I mean, those really are high five-second, 250-plus-mile-an-hour hot rods. So that's the only class that we have with NMCA where the vehicle did not actually start out on the showroom floor at a dealership because these are really more like pro, you know, they're pro-mod pro-stock-type chassis built by the Jerry Bickles and the Jerry Hosses and folks like that. But a lot of those NHRA competitors will definitely make two weekends out of it, and they'll they'll compete NHRA, and then the next weekend they'll be in Bradenton running in our pro-mod class. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Now, you guys, uh, a little bit about the track there. When you, Pretty much everything you do is, is at the National Mustang, at the NMRA, is, it's pretty much heads-up racing, right? Oh, yeah, no... You know, we've got classes for everything, but the okay. featured cars truly are the heads-up pro-tree, you know, wheels-up type classes. That's our street outlaw class, renegade, coyote modified, coyote stock. And those are running anywhere from the, you know, the high six-second zone to the eight-second zone. And, and those cars are always kind of on the ragged edge. But then we've also got classes that are for the street performance customer, like our Tremec True Street class, which Muscle Mustang presents. You know, they love that class because... They do this 30-mile police-escorted cruise to prove that they're real street cars. they got to be licensed and insured. And then they come back to the track, and they make three back-to-back passes. 
and then they average those passes, and the closest to 15 seconds wins an award, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9. So there's all these different awards. And then, of course, there's the overall champion who made the three fastest passes, and they're crowned the king of True Street. And then we got a special heads-up competition for the fastest 16 of those cars the next day on Sunday in what we call the Spring Break Shootout class. So a whole bunch of different classes. There's another one, and I think you'll find this particularly interesting because I, I heard a little segment from Jack Roush on your program there. Mm-hmm. Uh, his daughter, Susan Roush McClenahan, races in our modular muscle class, and she's the 2013 defending world champion. And so there really is a lot of different excitement and a lot of different classes to check out you know, your favorite Fords. What, what's the attendance like at, uh, let's say, at the, uh, at the NMRA? On, a, on an average weekend when we get nice weather, which it seems like we always do when we're in Florida, you know, we're looking at fifteen to 20,000 people over the weekend. Wow. And, uh, you know, in large part, I think because, especially the state of Florida, they love their Mustangs, they love their, their street-legal drag racing, but it's a real affordable way to take out the family and have a good time. I mean, it's a... Uh, I brag about it. I think we're one of the best deals in motorsports. You can come out to the NMRA Spring Break Shootout for as little for a, for a, an adult one day spectator. It's twenty five bucks. Free parking. Kids twelve and under free. Now, where else can you go and have a whole day of entertainment and excitement for that kind of money? And I think that's why we've been very successful throughout even the recessionary years of a few years ago, where we didn't really see much of a drop off in our spectator attendance because it's a heck of a value. And, uh, you know, they'll come out here, and you got Wheels Up, Outlaws, Turbocharged, Nitrous, Supercharged taking on each other, Renegades. you got people putting it on the bumper. You know, unfortunately, once in a while, getting it into the wall, you know, <laughs> it's a part of drag racing. And uh, it's just a really fun entertainment value and a family kind of atmosphere. The NMRA versus the NMCA in terms of turnout, and people and spectators, are they similar, or um, what would you say? You know, it's, it's interesting. We've got hills and valleys as far as the number of competitors and spectators with both series. NMRA Florida is one of our absolute biggest. Um, it's still a little bit larger than the NMCA series, even though we allow all Chevy, Ford, and Mopar vehicles to compete against each other. It is just, NMRA is like the mecca of Ford drag racing and where you need to be for spring break. It's just, I call it a destination event where people literally will travel from Chicago, Columbus, Ohio, Bowling Green, Kentucky, Memphis, Tennessee, Philadelphia, wherever. They will literally make that long trek for the spring break shootout because it's got such a heritage. 20 years supported by Muscle Mustangs and Fast Fords Magazine. With all of NMRA's sponsors behind it, it is just the place to be. Um, on the NMCA side, it continues to grow. Um, it's uh, it's going on its 12th annual, I believe, this year. And uh, so it doesn't have quite the history the NMRA season opener does, but we have watched it just balloon over the last few years as well. And I think, you know, Robert, in large part, the fans that came out to NMRA all those years said, wow, let's come out two weeks later to NMCA as well. And they just mark both events on their calendars every year. Now, having said that, I think you uh, brought a couple of, you got some tickets or some giveaways for some of our listeners, right? 
Yeah, we sure do. We've got some tickets. We've got some, uh, some collectible license plates. And, you know, I'll let you handle how you want to give them away. We love to, to give back and, 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 and keep some of your listeners excited and pumped up about our events coming up. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, Steve is going to give away some awards or some uh, prizes. So let's just say anybody that calls in within the next, uh, between now and the end of the show, what all do we have, Steve? Do you got some tickets? Well, we, we, we got... got t- we got... Tickets and collectible license plates. So I know we, uh, I think uh, Cammy had talked to you from our right. office about 10 tickets for the right. event. Right. And for license plates, you know, we've got, uh, you know, 10 or 20 of those. I mean, it's, it's whatever's up to you. Let's, let's keep it exciting. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. If you want to call in, give us a call here at the studio at 727-441-3000. See, the lights are, they're, they're lighting up already. 727-441-3000. So we've got a number of prizes. So I'll say we've got five prizes that we're going to give away this evening. So if anybody calls between now and the end of the show, just leave your name and number, and we will get something really cool. Now, you can pick either the tickets or the license plate frames, you know, depending on what your schedule is like. Anyway, but Steve, that's very, very cordial of you. I appreciate that. Now, no, it's tell- our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Now, tell us a little bit about uh, the NMRA or is it the NMCA West. You've got an event out there as well, right? And it's not quite as prolific as it is on the Eastern Seaboard, but you're working on it, correct? No, that's correct. I mean, it's, uh, we launched the NMCA West series uh, two years ago. We've always had great success on the East Coast. That's the NMCA was started back in 1988 in Memphis, Tennessee, and really took off. And a couple years ago, we launched the NMCA West Series. We are the only event outside of the two NHRA national events to race at historic Auto Club Raceway of Pomona. So that's pretty cool. If you want to run down that historic track, you're either going to do it at one of the two NHRA national events or with our NMCA West Pomona event. And then recently, the uh, Auto Club uh, Dragway in Fontana just came back online. It was it was closed down for a couple years because of some noise issues with uh, the neighbors. But they built a sound wall, and they got it reopened uh, just this last weekend. And it's exciting because for a while there, we didn't have really any regular quarter-mile drag racing in Southern California. You had to go to Bakersfield or Las Vegas. But now with Auto Club Dragway in Fontana reopening, we're uh, we're firing on all eight cylinders out here. It is it, it's not as large as the East Coast, but the race car turnout has grown dramatically. You know, one of the bigger challenges is is, is bringing out the spectators because there's a we always have seem to have fair weather out here, and there's a lot of entertainment options. But you know what? We're sinking our roots, and we're growing it year after year, and and we're excited to see what it's going to bring us in 2014. Okay, and then you also have an event in uh, Vegas too, right? We sure do. We kind of build it last year as our muscle at midnight event. We we raced later into the evening just because of the heat. Um, it's in September. This year it's the 5th through the 7th out there at the Strip at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And it's a great venue. It's a national event facility. We bring all of our, our hot rods out there from the 6-second Pro Mods to the True 10-5 cars and all those, uh, those uh, classes. And it's, it really is. It's, it's, it seems to be one of our, our shining light events on the West Coast. Since it's the 50th year of the Mustang, are you going to guys do anything? To, and I did check all the schedules, but are you going to do anything to kind of commemorate the Mustang at any of your events for you know during that week in April? Well, it's certainly something we're recognizing throughout our, our schedule. In, in April, the Mustang Club of America has their own events where they're doing something special in Charlotte and mm-hmm. something special in Las Vegas. Where we come in is working with our good friends at Ford Racing to showcase the awesome performance that's available in the new Mustangs. And 
so what we do is our role in this whole uh, celebration is just to showcase the awesome performance from the drag racing side of Ford Motorsports. The uh, what are your thoughts on the new Mustang, the 2015 Mustang? I love it. I loved it right right when it came out, and and I remember every time a, a real major change happens on a, on a platform. At first, it's usually a little hard to. It doesn't click right away, and this one to me clicked right away. And I can only imagine what it's going to look like after the uh, the Roushes and the the Salines and the Steedas get a hold of it. Because I'll tell you that that vehicle <laughs> it, it turns some heads. I, I really wish I could be one of the few lucky ones to have to be the first to have one in a driveway. But uh, I got a lot of other projects right now, so it won't be me. But maybe it'll be some of your listeners. Uh, hopefully. Well, now let me ask you this. Now, the National Mustang Race, Racers Association, would it be fair to say that that's kind of like Ford's version of Super Chevy? Yeah, I, I would say that, except it has a lot more heads-up drag racing, where okay. Super Chevy was much more of a bracket race. Which, And I'm personal friends with Roger Gustin, who uh, was one of the founders of Super Chevy. His formula was always, look, we're going to have some pro mods out there type vehicles or a uh, or some of the uh, the nitro funny cars, and then it was a huge bracket race and a huge car show. In fact, the car show, I think, in large part, was uh, was bigger than the drag racing portion. Whereas with the NMRA Ford Nationals and our spring break shootout, it's sort of the reverse. It really is all about the heads-up drag racing. It's crazy action on the track. But our car show last year, I want to say we had about 250 Mustangs and Fords, everything from early model to late model. Uh, we had Falcons and Torinos and Fairlanes and all of those as well. And it really made for one heck of a show. And, and I would encourage all your listeners, if you want to come out and actually participate at a national event, that is what we are all about. We have got ways where you can enter True Street and drag race for the first time if you've never done it. Or bring and dust off and shine up your car and put it in the car show. There's a lot of ways where you can actually come out. It's, a lot of times... It's interesting, Robert. I find people that they think, I can't do that. It's a national event. That's not for me. Oh, yeah, it is. That's where a lot of people get started. And I'll tell you, when somebody races with us the first time, I know I'll see them again the next year. And sometimes I'll see them at multiple events. They'll start chasing the points in one of the classes. It's just awesome. Um, let me ask you this. Now, do you, from what I understand, if I was reading correctly, you also have two publications that coincide with these events, too, right? We sure do. We the NMRA has a magazine, an official publication called Race Pages, and you can subscribe to it or become a member of NMRA. You can do that by going to our website, nmradigital.com. Um, the NMCA has a magazine called Fastest Streetcar, or FSC, and we call it the voice of street legal drag racing, and you can get it on NMCA's web- website, nmcadigital.com. Of course, we've got the magazines uh, for free. We give them out at our events. Or you can swing on by our Power Mall and subscribe or become a member of either association. And it really covers the action that's happening around the country with street legal drag racing. Um, Not just our own series. We cover stuff that happens at other events as well. So we can keep all of our readers well informed about, you know, what sort of cool performance is available out there and what kind of performance is happening on the track. Are there any tracks... Um, that you would really like to go to that you haven't yet got on your schedule, and if so, which one would it be? Boy, that's an interesting question. You know, I'm 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 curious about the Oklahoma market because I there's a TV show out there right now where you see some of the Oklahoma-based <laughs> yeah. racers running around their uh, their areas here that is huge. Well, like farm truck, for example, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. As a matter of well fact. Put. 
Asian and Sean uh, from the uh, TV show Farm Truck were uh, actually guests on my radio show here a while back. He, he's saying that I, the oh, I, I got to tell you, I enjoy the show, and uh, and I, I know that drag racing out there is strong. So I've actually talked with somebody about the track out there in Tulsa. But there are other ones. You know, we're doing an NMCA event for the first time since Gateway International Raceway reopened. Uh, we were there a few years ago and left when it shut down temporarily. Now we're coming back. I'd love to do an NMRA event there. They used to have one of the largest Ford events with the World Ford Challenge, which unfortunately went away a few years ago. Um, and then there's some others. You know, Memphis Motorsport Park is a great track, and that's reopened. I hate to use the word reopen so often, but that's what happened over the last few years. Some tracks sort of shut down and had to regroup, and then a lot of them, fortunately, are coming back. So never know where we might end up adding some events in the future. Well, we've got a minute or two left, but um, the, I was going to say, how about some of the old nostalgic drag strips that are still open? I mean, are you influential? And I know that's probably, I, that's probably too long of a question to ask, but let's say, for example, if there's some old drag strips that are still kind of lying around, it uh, may be able to be resuscitated. Has, have you guys considered that a little bit and bringing your events there? And You know, it, we, we always will support the tracks. We will make sure we send them copies of our magazine to give to their racers, and we'll, we'll do press releases in our magazines and our websites for them. As far as expanding our events, it becomes challenging because we've got a base of racers that chase points. Okay. And when diesel prices got up to $4.5 a gallon, it's hard to ask somebody who lives in Columbus, Ohio, to travel to more and more events. And these are, you know, our racers, it's interesting. They're not like John Force, where they've got big money sponsorship from a Castrol or a Ford or whatnot. These are working class guys and gals. Many of them are small business owners, and they do it on their own dime. So we're very careful about adding more events. But we are always supporters of any drag racing, any drag strips that are out there. And if there's a way that we can help them, we'll do it. Super. Steve, are you going to be here uh, in two weeks? I sure will be, and I hope maybe you'll join us out there. Okay, well, I unfortunately, I've got a conflicting schedule, but I will be there in two weeks later for the uh, NMCA. And I want to give a big shout-out to Cammie, because she's our nostalgic reading car sweetheart. A big shout-out to your buddy, uh, Greg B., up in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, he's a big Ford guy. I'm sure he's listening. Steve, I want to thank you very much for taking some time out to hang out with us here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And uh, we will keep promoting your event. It's on our events page, and uh, we wish you the best of luck. Keep up the good work. Hey, thank you. Thank you to all your listeners, and let's have a great season. Super. Hey, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Be sure and check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com. Like us on Facebook. Okay, if you missed any of our past shows, be sure and go to our website and check out our podcast, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And don't forget all these wonderful, great events coming up. Hopefully we'll see you at the NMRA and the NMCA. Don't forget Amelia Ireland. Don't forget Zephyr Hills this weekend. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, love your family, and we will definitely, no, I should say, I expect to see you guys at some of these events. Take care, everybody. Downtown Day. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. You dumb cracker. I found an island in your arms. Country in your